and welcome to Inspiring Women Leaders, the podcast about leadership by women only, from which everyone can learn. Inspiring Women Leaders aims to showcase the extensive leadership knowledge and practical skills of its incredible guests, and to both inspire and educate its listeners, helping them acquire the know-how necessary to become better leaders themselves. Without further ado, I'd now like to welcome my guest. So please, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Inspiring Women Leaders. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Inspiring Women Leaders. Today, I'm really excited to welcome to the show my friend and fellow physician coach, Dr. Reva Kamart. Dr. Kamart is a practicing physician, parent, coach, entrepreneur, mentor, and speaker. She's the founder of Lotus Clinician Wellbeing, a company that consults with medical organizations to provide group coaching, evaluations, webinars, and retreats for their clinicians to maintain professional wellness. Dr. Kamart is passionate about helping all clinicians deal with the stresses of a life in medicine, helping them achieve a work-life integration and create the life they've wanted. With over 20 years of experience within an academic and community practice, Dr. Kamart has personal experience with the ups and downs of medicine. She's the chair of the American Academy of Pediatrics, section of hospital medicine, provider wellness subcommittee, and the founder and co-chair of the Virginia American Academy of Pediatrics provider wellness committee. She's a certified professional coach and enjoys coaching attendings, residents, and medical students on a wide range of topics such as imposter syndrome to setting boundaries. I think it's fair to say that Dr. Kamart is leading the way with inspiration. So without further ado, Let's meet Dr. Reva Kamad. Welcome to the show, Reva. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on and speak to my audience. Thank you, Adam. It is a pleasure to be here and congratulations on the launch of your program. I'm very excited for you. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's really kind. Okay, so let's start with um, talking about um, yourself uh, in your own words. Uh, if you could tell the audience a bit more about um who you are, what your current work roles are, and what leadership positions you currently hold or have held in the past, please. Yes. So my name is Reva Kamat. I am a pediatric hospital physician, uh, and I am an entrepreneur. I love coaching physicians, coaching physician assistants and nurse practitioners, all clinicians, really. And we, um, at my company, and it's called Lotus Physician coaching. Um, and I also, the name actually has been rebranded to uh, Lotus Clinician Wellbeing. And we are consulting with medical organizations that have needs on clinician well-being. We do assessments, we do all sorts of things, um, webinars, and I love just meeting other people who are doing other things very similar to um, clinic, their clinical roles. Mm -hmm. So some of the leadership roles that I have had where I have been uh, the CEO of this company, I have been the CEO of another company in a medical expert witness business. I also held a leadership role as the medical director of a community hospitalist program. And 
was leading about seven or eight hospitalists at that time. And um, been I've been just really enjoying my CEO um, leadership role in my own company today. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. Thank you for that. And and you you founded um, a, a a regional um, academy of pediatrics as well. Um, yes. So that's 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 amazing. Um, can you yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Doing yeah. So in Virginia and nationally, there are um, over five hundred pediatric hospital physicians, and they all have their certain stresses, and they have times when they are burning out and need a sense of community. So I was one of the co-founders and we started a program called Provider Wellbeing Amongst Our Pediatric Hospitalists. And this is affiliated with the um, American Academy of Pediatrics here in the United States. Excellent, thank you for that. Um, So what would you say with with your various um, leadership hats on is your personal leadership style? It is very empathetic. It is a very caring leadership style. I like to know um, the people that I'm leading. I like to know how they tick and how they work and how is the best way to communicate with them and how is the best way to think about working with them in their highest capacity. So I always sort of think about that space of the space of everyone is always trying to do their very best work. Everybody's always trying to do their highest level of work. And so we want to empathize with them and I want to be able to really connect with them at a personal level. Thank you. That's lovely. So, as you say, um, that knowing them really well, knowing what makes them tick, enables you to work out what their strengths are, and so what kind of roles and tasks and things that you you ask of them. But also, you're getting to know them; they're getting to know you. So there's that kind of personal relationship there as well. So they they know. Gosh, you know this uh, this this leader's really interested in me. You know, they actually they care for me. They you know, they they want to know about my family setup and, and all of this sort of thing. So um, which is which is so lovely, isn't it? And, and kind of makes people feel uh, valued and, and more part of the team. Um, yeah, that's do, really do important. Yeah, that's really yeah. important to me to make sure that they do feel valued, um, that they're not just a cog in the wheel of, of yeah. this work life. Yeah, yeah. And do you ever get... Uh, any feedback along those those lines directly yeah. from them? Yeah, yeah. I have been told that I've been some of the one of the best kind of bosses with them. That I work really well with people, yeah. and uh, I am a wonderful leader. Yeah, well, I can I can truly believe that it's you're, you're very very easy to get along with. So so that's that's fantastic. Wow. Okay, so um, tell us about your your journey to leadership. So obviously, um, you know. You, you trained um, as, a, as a pediatrician, yeah? Um, so, yeah, did you have leadership roles in residency or, or did it come afterwards? What's your story? Afterwards, I, I've always wanted to have these leadership roles 
And there have always been blocks. And even when I decided to go into doing some leadership training with the section of hospital medicine, there have always been these um, stumbling kind of blocks for me. And I have had to go through a lot of growing up and a lot of learning to be where I am today. And just to sort of share a story is that I had a leadership role um, and I was asked to step down from that role because I became this person that I didn't want to be, you know, I was in, it wasn't quite the right fit. And that was that's something that's really important. I think for listeners to know, you know, if the setting isn't the right fit, if you have to step back and evaluate things, I think that's going to, that's okay. And you have to give yourself permission to do that. Yeah. That's that's really uh, really good advice, um, and just be compassionate to yourself, and and you know forgiving of yourself, or, or you know however it, it makes you feel, and and I think it's unrealistic, isn't it, to expect that we're just going to be you know put into a leadership role or offered a leadership role, and we think oh we've we've won- we've wanted to be a leader for a while, so yeah I'll take it, and for it for it to be a perfect fit and, and to click because, you know, there are your values um, and you have to do work that's aligned with your values. And are they in alignment with the, the organization, the system, your colleagues, there's so many variables, aren't there? So yeah, that's, that's really good advice. I think um, as doctors, we do put it, uh, you know, mostly perfectionists as well. So we put a lot of pressure on ourselves that every, every single thing that we do, we're going to get right. Right. And, right. and, and it, sometimes you don't, yeah. you don't get it right. Yeah. And you learn a lot from your failures. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the roles that you think you want to get into and you're there and that, you know, you, there's a lot of tussle kind of back and forth and back and forth. Yeah. And you think, oh, this is the right journey for me because it's something I've always wanted. And then you realize, no, this is not the right fit for me. Yeah. And you have to, you know, you you have to step down or you're asked to step down. And then you sort of find your way into doing things that are a better fit for you. And that yeah. was for me developing my own company, um, like Lotus Clinician Wellbeing, like yeah. the ability to go out kind of on my own yeah. and do coaching and do consulting for medical organizations. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I mean, that had a, a fantastic um, knock-on effect for your career trajectory, didn't it? It kind of made it made you realize that actually, yeah, I want I want my own organization. I want to lead it myself, and I can I can create it and lead it however I want to. I don't I don't I'm not going to be constrained by this organization that I'm working in or whatever because it's you know um, it's all mine. So uh, and 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 you're right, you know. Um, if it's if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. And and in your case, one door closed, and then you had an epiphany. I'm going to create my own company, and that door opened, and you haven't looked back. No. So no. great. And I great. still like enjoy doing my clinical work, even in the same location that I was asked to step down. And I think that for me is a big shift, you know, to say I can I'm here because I want to enjoy doing this clinical work, but in my leadership role as 
the, you know, the ex-medical director, I needed to learn some big lessons that, you know, like we talked about, it, it's not the right fit. And to amplify your point about moving on when you need to move on, that's okay. You know, it's all good. All good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's great. Thank you for that. Um, so kind of as you as you moved into uh, leadership roles, were there any doctors who were senior to you, uh, female or male, that kind of helped you along the way? Yeah, um, there was a male chief medical officer who um, actually works with me at uh, the Virginia Medicaid program and is a wonderful leader. He looks at everybody's different. He looks and asks for everybody's opinions. He is sort of the epitome of what good leadership looks like in a very big organization. And he really sort of looked out for, for me and, um, shared with me some of the lessons, you know, that he has learned in his own journey. And, you know, one of the biggest lessons is um, to sort of listen to what people are saying and not always insert yourself into the conversation. Sometimes it's okay just to listen, right? And, And allow people to speak and then think about things and then form your opinions. Sometimes I think I'm so, for me, I am so reactive at times that I need to give my opinion all the time. And one thing I've learned is you can actually sit back and you can let things be and then formulate your opinion and then give your opinion after you think about things. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really, really good tip. Um, Yeah. uh, Allow that, that space um yeah uh, and you know it's um it's so insightful of you to kind of you know have reflected and and, and look back um you know and realized where there were areas for improvement because you know like like i sort of alluded to before sometimes we just thrust into leadership roles um and we don't have any we don't have any training you know we we okay we we're trained on communication skills with patients and uh, uh, a lot of those are a very good foundation and can stand you in good stead for communicating with other people, of course, but there's something very different about communicating with your fellow senior medical colleagues and your trainees and things like that. That's, that's, you know, re- requires some special training that's different from communicating with patients and we're not taught leadership skills or, anything like that in, in med school or residency, are we? So, you know, but and we to, expect. I <laughs> know. Uh, absolutely. Adam, you're so right. And I think it's so important to understand the other side of the people you're dealing with, you know, the people that you're leading, you're coming sometimes into a setting where their perception of you, their values Um, their viewpoints are completely different. Their cultural values are completely different than your own. And it's so easy for all of us to impose our ideas, our values, and sort of like tell everybody what we're thinking and what we want to do without just stepping back and 
saying, you know what, let me listen to your ideas. Let me hear what you are doing and what you're saying and be compassionate. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, um, a, a couple of um, my other guests have, have said very, very similar things that, you know, early on in their, um, their medical career. And, and when we're, when we're young, younger doctors, you know, maybe recently finished residency or fellowship and it's your first attending role, you know, you, you, you're reinvigorated, you're just starting as a, as a, as a specialist in your own right. And there's all that kind of energy and excitement and your work ethic is incredible. And, you know, you, you want everyone to kind of like work 20 to the dozen, like, like you do, you know? And, um, but yeah, not everyone wants to kind of like work the crazy hours that, that you want to work and kind of like, you know, see these projects through to, to fruition in, in as short a space of time as possible. So, um, I think that's, it's, it's really important. You're right. Not, uh, to impose your own values and ethics and, and, and so on onto, um, onto your colleagues that that's, yeah, that's very key. Um, yeah, I like that. Thank you. Yeah. And to sort of listen to what's been happening. So I was in a situation where the people in this, a new sort of setting to me had been there for a very long time. And I thought, well, I'm going to be the new girl. I'm going to change all these new things. I'm going to bring all my new ideas. And that didn't work. You know, (laughs) it just does, you know, you have to sort of listen to what um, people on the ground have been doing for all this time and be able to work with them in a non-combative manner, you know, and that's a lot, that's a very humbling kind of situation where you take time and say, Oh wait, let me, let me just sort of look at this through their lens. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so wise um, because it's such a common scenario, isn't it? You must have seen it, you know, a handful of times. I certainly have, you know, the the new person comes in and, you know, we see it in politics all the time, don't we? You know, and they want to, um, you know, claim the territory is theirs, exert their influence. And, you know, this is the new way. This is my way. So it's my way or the highway, basically. So you either do what I want or else, you know, you're welcome to go elsewhere kind of thing. And it's it's just, it's such a, it's such an, an old mistake that just seems to be repeated, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> why, why are people not learning? <laughs> I know. And because I don't think people have a chance to reflect on what happened. I don't think that people have a chance to set back sit back and kind of say, well, what was it that I needed to do in this situation? Yeah. And how can I do a little bit better moving forward? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And and it's probably because there just isn't time, is it? You get you get into this leadership role, there's a hundred things to do. You've got your clinical commitments as well. And it's like you just need to get on with it. Um, and there is no reflection time, as you say. So there isn't, and it's a lot of ego as well, Adam. I mean, I think that all of us have these egos that are can be can be a little bit fragile, right, and can get bruised up very quickly. And some of those are the hardest lessons <laughs> to realize yeah. when your ego is bruised, and you're yeah. thinking, well, why didn't they do? x y and z when i told them to do x y and z and then you're like wait let me let me sit back and like really try to listen to what they're saying yeah yeah that's great Uh, very true very true Um, i mean you've you've kind of 
you know, alluded to some uh, some challenges. Um, but have, have there been any? Is there anything else prominent that you're kind of comfortable talking about? The, you know, where you've experienced any bullying or discrimination or harassment, or you know. Yeah, there was definitely early on in my career, there was um, a, a medical director that I used to work with who was a bully, who was a bully. And she was a woman who had, to her credit, kind of, you know, fought her way up to the top. And she did not want to share her um, her advice with anybody else because she thought that somebody was going to try to take her down. And there was a lot of intimidation and there was a lot of workplace bullying. Um, and it was, it was a very difficult time. It was an extremely yeah. difficult time. Yeah. 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 I mean, the, uh, you know, as you know, it's something I'm very interested in and the, the, the kind of psychological and physical impacts of of bullying, you know, the, the sort of invisible consequences of it are are very far reaching, actually. Um, so I, I uh, I'm sorry you went through that, and I and I and I totally understand um, that you know kind of kind of situation. Um, it's um, yeah, it's 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 a funny one, isn't it? Where it almost like because she wasn't she wasn't willing to share advice on how she had kind of got to where she was it's uh it's a bit like another i don't know if it's a purely medical phenomenon but there's a lot of attendings and consultants out there who you know think well i i went through that that crap as i was uh training and 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 getting into my leadership role so they have to go through it too it's character right. building you know and uh I, you know my my in a monologue and it's not so inner now I kind of I'm quite happy to share share it um was always yeah but I'm you know by that stage you know I'm in my late 20s I'm in my mid 30s I'm in my late 30s I have enough character I don't need any more character building thank you very much I just need you to help me actually is all I need I just need you to be kind um you know um it's very it's very odd isn't it and and that the other side of it it's almost like you know some some uh, seniors they get above the the glass ceiling and then they just they they close the hatch behind them don't they and it's um, um I think that's an excellent way of putting it right that's an excellent way of putting it yeah closing the hatch because they don't want anybody else yeah. on top of that glass ceiling yeah. right yeah. and it's it's kind of interesting that women do this to each other actually yeah. because they don't want you coming for their jobs, their roles, and many of them feel very threatened. And I think that's really an interesting sort of uh, area to look at. And, you know, why do they feel so threatened? Why do they not want to help other women? You know, yeah. and the current situation I'm in now, I mean, these are the women that we were, I work with do help each other, which is really a yeah. wonderful thing. But yeah. many, many years ago, um, they did not. And it was very, very detrimental. You know, it was very detrimental yeah. because 
you know, I think because you're not helping each other and you're almost sort of doing this sort of stabbing each other in the back yeah. that yeah. it reduces a lot of, you know, your sort of career lifespan as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it is it influences the way you teach your learners. I teach residents and I teach uh, medical students. And yeah. it's very, you know, it's it's one of those shifts that you're so happy that they are in. They're happy that, you know, the the women in your current role are women you can count on to be there for you and not stab you in the back. Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely, and 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 you're right. It's um, you know when people are behaving like that and they're in senior positions, you know, your the younger generation, the students and the residents are are they're looking to these people in senior positions for a, a steer on how to how to behave. And and you know, I've experienced countless clients who've told me, um, you know, that they've they've seen uh, their seniors um you know kind of like residents or whatever behaving really quite badly but they could tell that they're modeling themselves on the behavior of the attendings and they think they must they must think um well I want to be that person one day and this is how they behave so in order to become that person and be a an attending colleague of theirs I need to behave like them yeah and that's how I will become them yeah um and yeah, it's uh, it's very sad to see a lot of um, you know kind of female um, residents you know, modelling on you know kind of challenging white male seniors, you know, and mm-hmm. be- becoming like them. It's yeah, it's uh, it's it's sad. Um, but this is where leadership, good leadership training, comes in, isn't it? I suppose it is. It is, and I think it's also really important to talk about just workplace hours, because so many of us work, you know, 13, 14 hours per day, and we're coming home exhausted. And that's what we're modeling for our residents and our uh, medical students to work these, you know, incredibly long hours and burn ourselves out versus actually coming home and spending time with working out or exercise or spending time with our family or cooking and enjoying a nice dinner with our family. So I think it's so important that we model really good behavior to say you should, and you take, you give permission to take time off for your own health. If you have a doctor's appointment, if you have a medical emergency, if you have a mental health appointment, take time off to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? It's in, in the UK, it's almost, you know, when you're seeing patients and um, they're saying, oh, can you can you write me a, a note to excuse me from work because I have a, um, a doctor's appointment, a hospital appointment, and, and you're like, well, why are you coming to me and asking me to, to do this? If you, if you had a dental appointment or an appointment with your lawyer, would you, would you have to get a letter from me or something? They're like, no. I'm like, so let me get this right. You need a you need permission from a doctor to have an appointment about your health that it's, it's, it's very strange. I mean, you're, you're right. There's a lot of um, messed up workplace uh, stuff that goes on. Um, and then as, as you've said, um, not only are you working these really, really long days, but I, I've learned a phrase in the last few days from one of, one of your wonderful um, uh, co-interviewees on the show uh, talking about the second shift. So when you have 
when you have children like you do, you know, you're then coming home and sorting out the the home and, and the kids and then the family and the, and the meals and the evening routine and, and all of that as well. So you're kind of holding down two full-time jobs. That's um, right. That's right. You, and, you know, so many of us also, we need to pay our bills. We need, you know, so there's that whole financial piece to it too. Yeah. And then, you know, taking care of yourself, I think is so important. Are you yeah. able to do the things that you want to do yeah. to be able to, I enjoy swimming, I enjoy cycling, you know, yeah. are you able to do those things to yeah. maintain your own health and the creative yeah. aspects, you know, like you yeah. started this podcast, yeah. you know, this is just a creative love for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, but it does take time and it does yeah. take some bandwidth to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. So can I just ask then, um, when you had those difficult um, encounters with um, that female leader, um, how did you personally cope with with that bullying and how did you eventually kind of get some closure and move past it? Yeah, I ended up, to be frank, I ended up crying a lot. <laughs> I ended up going, coming home and crying. I ended up um, doing some journaling about it, but I don't think I coped really well at the time. And I was, mm. I, I was younger when it happened. Um, I had just kind of started out my career as a pediatrician, just, uh, was finished residency about five years out or so. And I really did not know what to do. Um, there what weren't any really available programs. There certainly weren't coaches like you, amazing coaches to talk about workplace bullying. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I did very well. And the way it ended was that the bully ended up getting um, fired from the position because of several complaints and you know other right. things that were going on. But right. it's so important to... And this day and age to find resources like your employee yeah. assistance program and yeah. mental health programs, yeah. um, leadership programs and coaches like you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's interesting. And, and, and obviously I'm, I'm so sorry that you and, and your colleagues suffered for such a long time until um, that person was removed from the organization. But uh, mm -hmm. it's interesting to hear that because oftentimes um, they find a way of, retaining their job and or maybe they just get you know moved sideways or something else and they're you know you're out of their direct firing line but the organization still keeps them um so you know um it obviously took a while but at least it sounds like the organization did the right thing by you guys in the end um yeah and the, yeah. this person had been there with this organization for 15 years so you know it was a long yeah. time and you're right mm -hmm. organizations um, don't usually, you know, let people go, they'll move yeah. them to a different yeah. division yeah. and then they're quote unquote, somebody else's yeah. problem, but that's it. Yeah. 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 It's someone really else's problem. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. They'll close ranks, won't they? And, um, deny there's a problem of, often, you know, it's like bullying. There's no bullying in our organization. That'd be silly. And then they start gaslighting you and that's another form of bullying. And so, well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate that. And I know our listeners will find that really valuable. Um, so in, in addition to that excellent advice um, around navigating your way through those challenges, do you have any other advice for our listeners on how to become a strong and kind leader, which is certainly how you appear to be now? Oh, I think, you know, keeping curious about learning 
learning by various means, um, listening to amazing podcasts like your own with inspiring women leaders, um, going to conferences. Um, you and I both connected on a group. Uh, it was a Slack group for physician coaches and leaders. And so, you know, I would say, Adam, find your tribe, find people who are doing things that you want to do, um, doing places you want to be. You know, they say you're like your composite of the five people you spend the most time with or hang out with. And so I think it's really important to keep reading books on leadership, listening to podcasts like your own, getting in groups, getting in mastermind groups, you know, just keep yourself engaged. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely, um, agree with all of that. And the finding your tribe thing is, is so important, you know, um, people who are, you know, have similar values, shared values, uh, that you're in alignment with, um, because that can be uh, such a, a cause of kind of, internal unhappiness when you when then there isn't harmony with the people that you're associated with so um yeah that's and great may i say adam that i am so glad that you're part of my tribe <laughs> and so thank you for that <laughs> i was gonna say the same <laughs> <laughs> and can i just share with your listeners that don't be afraid to just reach out to people and you know call people that you cold call so or Instagram message them and say, hey, I really like what you're doing. Can I just jump on a conversation with you for 10 minutes? Because I'm one of those people, and I know you and I have talked before, that you're like, hey, share with me a little bit about what's going on. How do you do what you're doing? How can I do some of those next steps? You know, And it's yeah. so wonderful to be able to be a mentor or even be a mentee for other people, you know? Yeah. And so I would just say sometimes people are very hesitant about contacting other people, yeah. but I'm one of those people who loves to mentor and help other people and elevate other people. And so I, I always welcome those phone calls and I will always make time for people who say, Hey, tell me what the next steps are. This is what I want to do. How'd you get there? Yeah. Yeah, well, I can a hundred percent speak speak to that because uh, you know I think you posted something really helpful in the Slack channel, and um, I I then reached out to you and I said, oh, can you send me this? And then it became, oh, can we have a phone call? And you you very generously kind of gave me an hour of your time. We'd never spoken before. We had a really good chat. Got to know each other really well. And yeah, I mean, that's I think you know with some people it's. Um, a, f- a fear of, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to share my secrets, you know, because uh, that, you know, they're going to get my clients or, or something like that. You know, there's that kind of like scarcity mindset, but you just need to flip that around and, and just have an abundance mindset and say, well, actually, you know, um, yeah, okay. We, we may both be well-being um, coaches, or we may both be leadership coaches, or we may both be this or that, but actually we're two different people and we're not going to attract the same kind of clients. And there are plenty of leadership clients and plenty of well-being clients in the USA alone, you know? So like, actually, if I can help them, then they'll help me as well, you know, and it all kind of, and you know, they may have a client who they don't think is quite the right fit for them. And they say, do you know what? Go and see, go and see Reva. 
she I think I think you get on really well with her so there's you know there's that kind of um you know symbiosis there I think um so uh, and I love what yeah. you I mean that abundant mindset Adam is so important to have um versus constricting yourself to say yeah. you know the world is so big and yeah. I'm going to meet my goals and I'm going yeah. to be able to um help as many people as possible yeah absolutely well you've given us some great um kind of tips anyway do you have any any kind of final take-home messages any kind of any any other tips you'd like to share yeah I think um you know my biggest I go back to finding your tribe of people and keeping open and keeping curious about sort of those new roles that come into your life right and being able to sort of bravely leap in the unknown (laughs) you know it sounds a little cliche um but really being able to um partner with other people being able to um, you know, not handing your power over to your circumstances, but um, really taking that responsibility to change your own life and say, I'm going to find the path and I may yeah. stumble and I may fall, but I'm going to keep moving and yeah. I'm going to just keep reaching out to people that yeah. really will help me and taking that one step and one step and one step and one step, just keep yeah. it moving. I love that. I love that. Don't, don't hand over ownership to your circumstances, you know, don't be a victim of your circumstances. That's so good. You know, take, take ownership, take control, embrace, embrace the failures. Um, They're all learning opportunities, aren't they? And, you know, essentially, you know, as you said, go outside your comfort zone. That's where, that's where our our growth occurs, isn't it? You know, that's the kind of growth mindset side of things. So um, that's all fantastic, fantastic advice. Thank you. So, what are you currently excited to be working on that you'd like to share with listeners? Sure. Well, we're I'm growing Lotus Clinician Wellbeing, and um, the information will be in the show notes, I'm sure. For sure, for but sure, yeah. We do coaching, we do assessments, we do webinars. Um, I just got back from speaking at a CME seminar where we talked about growth mindset, to amplify your point about growth mindset, and um, self-compassion. And yeah. in this time of as we're still sort of in the midst a little bit of that COVID and all of these, all of these things going on in the news right now, I think there's so much compassion fatigue. And yeah. so I'm working on talks with compassion fatigue and imposter syndrome, secondary victim syndrome, where we yeah. definitely have a lot of, um, errors that occur and how do we move forward from those yeah. errors? So I, yes, I'm growing my business. I consult to medical organizations uh, internationally, and I would love to work with more medical organizations on clinician well-being. That's, that sounds brilliant. Yeah. Congratulations on all of that. Um, that sounds really exciting. And uh, yeah, the, 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 especially that you talk about the second victim um, phenomenon as well. I'm, I'm, kind of reading up on that at the moment and uh um have reached out to uh a contact in in austria actually who set up a website called second victim um so yeah another kind of thing kind of consequence of coming out of the same consequences as moral in, moral injury and that kind of stuff it's really it's really interesting 
concept, isn't it? And really interesting work that's going on. So, you know, amazing that you're leading the way, um, talking about that. Um, so thank you. Um, if any of the listeners would like to reach out to you, and I really hope they will, what's the best way for them to do so? Um, you can go on to our couple websites. It's lotusclinicianwellbeing.com or lotusphysiciancoaching.com and send me a contact information and I'll reach back out to you and we will start a conversation. Brilliant. I'll make sure those links are in the, in the show notes. Um, well, finally to, to close, do you have any, any final words that you'd like to share with the listeners? I want to say thank you to you, Adam, for starting this inspiring women leaders podcast and being such an amazing male ally. Um, I think this journey for you, for all of us, and I'm so excited to go on to this journey with you, is going to be authentic. It's going to help so many people internationally. And I'm very excited that you're doing this. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me and my guest on the Inspiring Women Leaders podcast today. I really hope you enjoyed listening to the episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. If you did, please download the show and leave it a rating and a review so that together we can share the amazing lessons we've learned from my guests with listeners far and wide and help as many aspiring leaders as possible. Most of my podcasts will also be uploaded to my YouTube channel, Dr. Adam, Physician Coach. So please check out my channel there and hopefully you'll find some videos on similar topics to watch and enjoy. Finally, I have some exciting new group coaching programs and a membership scheme in the pipeline. So please keep a regular eye on my website, www.dradamharrison.com. That's www.dradamharrison.com for updates. Thank you again for your time today. And please join me next time, two weeks from now, on Alternate Wednesdays, for another brilliant episode of Inspiring Women Leaders. Mm -hmm.